0: The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the name Panda Pig Inc. And be sure to like this video, subscribe, and ring the bell for more videos. Now, anyway, let's move on to our true crime segment. What you got today? I
0: promise. <laughs> This one is actually really interesting, so hopefully it makes up for our commentary. All right. Um, interesting enough, it actually has um, a lot... Sorry if you can hear me adjusting my chair. Um, a lot of elements of the Bones episode are found in this crime. so Interesting. Um, I'll be able to point them out um, at the end because I don't want to give anything Do away. Do I have a slideshow?
1: No. Okay. So I'm left to it's the not imagination.
0: Really Okie dokie. No, I kind of like you not knowing what the people look like That's... until after.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fun so I don't <laughs> have to stare at them as you're talking. And then I'm like, gross, this is kind of weird. Unless
0: there's like a specific crime scene photo I need to show you. Um. But anyways, let's get let's started. Let's get into okay. it. So Hella was born Hela? in... Yes, her name is Hella Charlotte. Yes, she was born in Charlotteland, Denmark. How do you spell it? H e l l e, Helle, Hella, Hella, Hella. Whatever.
1: Okay, I'm
0: telling you, she's she's Danish. Okay,
1: so they pronounce the e with an like an a.
0: That is how it was. Wouldn't pronounced. it be a Hella then? When I looked it up, that was the pronunciation. Okay. I could be wrong. We can check later. Okay. But okay. Her name's Hella. Hella. Okay. Hella. Hella. Mm-hmm. That's a dope name. Yes. She was born July seventh, nineteen forty-seven. She was born Hella Lork Nielsen. She was the only child and described as vibrant and outgoing. She joined. Um, Damn, this sounds terrible already. She enjoyed school. Already.
1: What? It's you? it's always the vibrant and happy ones that just get straight up murdered in the most terrible ways. I feel like she's just going to get that's, murdered.
0: That's how I know I'm never going to be murdered because I'm not happy or vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know I'm going to live forever. Why are you like this? <laughs> The real, the real secret of life, to be the secret to life is depression, depression, <laughs> despair. How <laughs> to not depression. get murdered by a serial killer? Be freaking depressed. It's just because then you would tell him depression isn't cute. You would tell him to kill you anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be like he's gonna kill me. I mean, I mean, if you think
1: about like zombie apocalypse like. Why are you trying out.
0: so hard, bro? It just... No. It just take us out. For what For reason? For what quality of life? For what
1: reason? You got depressed people in the movie, we'd be dead immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, if a zombie apocalypse happened, right? And it's, like, pretty much guaranteed, Um, why would I want to survive? Why would I want to live in that world where everything <laughs> sucks? And then, okay, let's say you kill all the zombies. Then what? Then you got to repopulate the earth um okay but who's still there do i want to repopulate with them is it even worth it nah take me out in the first row well
1: well, tell me if like what if you get to become one of them like i wouldn't mind being a zombie from train to busan like yo
0: (laughs) see i would like to be an actor pretending to be a zombie because then i could enjoy it but if i'm just a zombie just kill me. Like just kill me. Yeah, but I I'm saying if you either. were to
1: become one I wouldn't want to be the uh, one. I'd wanna be no, the I would want to be a train I'd of be want want to to be zombie a of as well. zombie. Like then yeah. you'd be elite. You actually
0: have some moves. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, move on. So um she enjoyed school mm-hmm. and she was one of the students who actually liked attending class. So with her her happy disposition, she made friends easily and continued to be well liked. Um, Hella had an inborn ability to understand and learn languages quickly, so during her teen years, she learned French and English, and was able to understand German, Norwegian, and Swedish.
1: Yo, that's wild.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, could she speak uh, them while, too, or it was just only understand? She she understood German, Norwegian, and Swedish, but she could speak French and English. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So while Hella was living in France, uh, she got a job as a flight attendant for Capital Airways. So she flew to Africa many times out of Brussels or Frankfurt. This is very fitting and for her. Yes. She enjoyed the thrill of discovering new places. So then she went to work at Pan Am. And on May 24th, 19, 19, <laughs> 1969, uh, while Hella was waiting on at the motel for a flight, she met Richard Crafts, who was an Eastern Airline pilot and part time cop. Um, in nineteen seventy nine they married and uh they met- lived in New Newtown, Connecticut. So ten years later they got the married. Um
1: Yeah. All right. So they settled down mm-hmm. and So they met but they didn't start dating right okay. away. Okay. But they so knew each they other met. for 10 years and then they got mm-hmm. married.
0: Yep, and they have and they have 3 kids. Okay. alrighty. righty, so that is Hella Crafts, all right? Okay. So, November 18th, 1986, Hella returns home from a long flight from Frankfurt, West Germany, and was dropped off by a friend. The next morning, is she Richard, still a flight attendant? Uh, yeah, she was okay. a flight attendant. So
1: she was still a flight attendant during that time. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. So Richard um, wakes up the next morning and drops the kids off at his sister's home, but Hella's not with him. Um, when Hella missed her next flight assignment, he told her co-workers that she was visiting her mother in Denmark, or that she was visiting the Cannery Islands with a friend, or that he simply didn't know where she was.
1: Bro, just say you don't know where she at. <laughs> Why are you going to give options? You look like a guilty ass bastard already.
0: Yes. So, after the fuck? 12 years of marriage, <laughs> 12 years of marriage, Hela- she's
1: probably here, here, or I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. After 12 years of marriage, but Hela- prior to her disappearance, Hella had learned that Richard was having numerous affairs. Uh, in Is 1986- he older than her? Yes.
1: Hi, how much?
0: Mm-hmm. I forgot to write it down.
1: <laughs> but he's just older.
0: That he's older than her. Okay. Um. So she met with a divorce attorney and a PI, a private investigator. Mm. The PI got a photo of Richard having a full-on relationship with another flight attendant. Yeah, which crushed her. Um, and when she met with a divorce attorney, she said that Richard was never home, he lied about where he was, and she said that she was worried about Richard potentially getting violent. Yikes. She said that Richard sometimes hit her. Hella ended up filing for divorce and warned her loved ones that if she disappeared, it was not an accident.
1: Oh, so they already knew to be aware of what would happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. Basically,
1: So when she missed her assignment and him already acting sus, they already had an idea.
0: Mm-hmm. So the private investigator that she had hired, Keith Mayo, he called the police and filed a missing person's report on December 1st. So two weeks after she's gone missing because Richard keeps giving all of these excuses to where she is. And the PI is like, okay, look, she's gone files missing persons report. So the so PI is the one
1: who uh files the yep. missing okay. So it's kind yeah. of a good so, thing that he was there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he gets brushed off by the police and starts to do his own investigating. So he met with friends and the divorce attorney about her disappearance and they all suspected Richard. Um law enforcement seemed pretty unenthusiastic about the case due to the circumstances But the P.I., Mayo, he looked for evidence through speaking with the nanny. And he learned that Richard had cut pieces out of a rug in the master bedroom. And he spoke. um, So her name was Dawn Marie Thomas. And she said that she came home in the early hours. She's the nanny? From her night off. Yeah, the nanny. She said a few hours later, Richard woke her up at 6 a.m. And said that Hella was driving to his sister's house and that they would meet her there later so she thought it was weird because there was a severe thunderstorm the previous night mm-hmm. so why would she already be up and driving over there um and uh so he insists that she's going to the sister's house with the kids so when thomas the nanny goes to the sister's house and hella's not there and she never shows up because obviously obvious reasons (laughs) um so richard doesn't come back to pick up the kids until 7 p.m and the nanny further questions richard she's like where's hella i don't understand and he says he didn't know and then he said she was in denmark with her sick mother but when the nanny gets back to the house she finds a dark stain on the floor of the master bedroom right next to the bed And when she asked Richard about it, he wouldn't give her an answer, and then he said he spilled kerosene on the rug and then ripped out the carpet. Kerosene? Yup. I just
1: casually have kerosene in my bedroom, and I spilled it on I mean, as you do.
0: Don't you keep it by your nightstand next
1: to your glass of water? Isn't that what you drink every night, guys? Kerosene?
0: Every night. You gotta have a gallon Uh, of
1: kerosene by your bedside.
0: A gallon of kerosene a day keeps the doctor away.
1: For sure,
0: you're dead. <laughs> I was about to say the <laughs> same thing. Because you're dead. You in that coma, yo? Yeah, you, you, you don't need a doctor if you're already dead.
1: Yo, this got dark real quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need, I need help today. He does um, not have very good excuses or lies.
1: He, like no, he has guilty no. written
0: all over him. No. So with the help of the local trash pickup crew, the P.I. Mayo, he figures out where the garbage dump is that their garbage was taken. So with help over the next several days, he searches through mountains of trash at the dump. It sounds and almost finds like he really cares
1: about her.
0: Oh, yeah. He was doing all of the investigating on the divorce
1: yeah, but it's like it's In like he affair. really
0: cares about her. Like he's really going because, through so much because for her. he knows the details of the relationship, mm. the potential abuse. Ah, you know, so, so he knows that she's dead. And there's no one. And helping. No one cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very noble of him. So, yeah. So they find that portion of rug through the piles of garbage, um, and he needed to make sure that it was the missing piece of rug. So he also had, um, and it also had the stains, which appeared to be human blood. So it was taken to the state police laboratory and it was led by one of the country's foremost forensic scientists, Dr. C Henry Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a forensic files episode for this case. So he does a bit of talking about how, um, he worked on the case. Actually, this is from the very first Forensic Files episode ever. Oh, wow. I don't think I've yeah. seen this episode anyway, so. Yeah, so food for thought. This is the case for the very first episode. That's dope. So um, so they have Richard submit to a lie detector test on December 4th, and he passes. Um, one investigator wrote in his report that Based on the polygraph examination and numerous conversations with Mr. Crafts, he does not know where his wife is. Some detectives, though, still weren't buying it and were considering the fact that, like, he's a part-time cop and a security guard, but also a pilot. And then the friends had the warning from Hello when she was going to disappear So, they're like, something's fishy here, even if he passed a polygraph test. And polygraphs aren't admissible in court. I mean, it's literally just measuring your heart rate and things like that. So, if you can control
1: yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to me, it's not a good indicator of whether or not someone is lying. Yeah, I agree. Um, it could be a good investigative tool. I still, yeah, like I think it's still determine. necessary
1: in general, but to rely
0: solely on it all the time, I don't like, think. Like, if you're going to use it, you would need to use it in a way that the other person believes it's legit. So if the person who's taking the lie detector test believes it's legit, the, um, from observing him and by asking certain questions, you could have other stuff revealed. But it may not necessarily be what you're looking for. Yeah. You know. So I have a bit from the interview of when the police decided to actually interview him on December 11th. Okay. So they found him when he was on duty at the Southbury Police Department where he was working the night shift. Um, The Newton detectives called and asked if they could send Officer Crafts over for further questioning. So here's a little bit of the line of questioning okay okay uh richard did you know that your wife hired a private investigator no did you know that the pi had documented your relationship with a new jersey woman no why would your wife tell her friends she was afraid for herself regarding serving you di- divorce papers and tell them to check on her if something happened. I cannot imagine her saying this. It is completely out of her character to say this. On November 18th, when Hella came home, when and why did she leave? Those answers are in my statement. What is your story with the bedroom rug? Apparently you removed it or cut some pieces out from it. Can you explain this to me? All rugs in the house are being removed and replaced what was spilled on the rug in your bedroom kerosene did you cut out pieces of the rug yes 2 feet at a time it's easier to remove that way why did you do what did you do with the rug you took out of the bedroom dumped bedroom rug in newton landfill one week ago it was blue in color why would you have been telling everyone different things about Hella being missing, like her mother being sick. I didn't want to say my wife was gone and I didn't know where she was. Hella rece has Hella received any mail since she's been missing? No. She has gotten no letters since she left. She usually gets about two letters a week. That's the questions. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's, um...
1: He's clearly lying out his ass. Yeah. I'm like, is he a sociopath?
0: I mean, yeah. In my opinion. Like, what the Okay. Fuck? So, is this a missing person or is this a murder? <laughs> um, on December 17th, the Danbury News Times published the first story on this case under the headline of Police Seek Missing Newton Woman. At this point, we consider this to be a missing person case. Newton Police Chief Louis Marchese told reporters. But Keith Mayo told the same reporter, I don't think she disappeared on her own accord. He also challenged the Newton Police when he said, I'm concerned that they are going after this piecemeal. Pressure was building for tangible results in the case. The Newton Police are being criticized on several fronts, and the state's attorney's office wanted jurisdiction to be handed over to the state police. So now it's kind of getting some more public traction. Um, But then the investigation gets another setback when Dr. Lee reports from the findings of the rug. So after four hours, quote, of backbreaking work carried out on the carpet, none of the stains tested positive for blood. Oh, wow. Mayo.
1: Sorry. Um, You have hiccups still? You still have hiccups?
0: Yeah, just a little bit. They're, like, coming and going. (laughs) Um, So that kind of sucks. Um, But it focused more attention on other parts of the case. Okay. So, Hella's friends also kept a nonstop campaign of calling the police for updates on the investigation. And as a result, the state's attorney's office decided that the investigation needed to be handled by state police investigators. So they pass on the case. So, on December 26th, um, a little over a month since she's been disappeared, while Richard was vacationing with his children in Florida, the troopers searched his home. And by looking at- Were they at allowed to go Richard through Crafts, his home while he's gone? They got a warrant. Oh, okay. They got a warrant. Okay. So, by looking at his credit card information, they found that he had purchased new bedding and rented a wood chipper. Yo. There was also a large freezer that was purchased, but not in the home. What? The forensics team found five minuscule stains and a six-inch blood smear on the mattress. Yikes. The blood was determined to be type O, because this is, you know, the 1980s. They can't figure out through DNA. Yeah. Um... By looking at the blood spray pattern, though, they saw that it hit the mattress at an angle of 10 degrees, as if someone was injured with a blunt object.
1: Yikes. They found
0: towels that showed to have pre- previously been soaked in blood, and the private investigator found in the papers provided to him by Hella a receipt for a chainsaw. Yo! <laughs> Are you kidding a picture? Bro, he just hacked at her. So, after the search, Joseph Hine, a local man who drove the town snowplow in the winter, provided a witness statement to the police. He said that on the night of November 18th, after Hella had last been seen, he was plowing the roads during a snowstorm when he noticed a rental truck with a wood chipper attached parked close to the shore of Lake Zor. Oh my gosh. I think that's how you pronounce it. There's so many, like, correlations to bones right now. So many, which is why I feel like the episode could have been so much better. It really so anyways, I will have a longer rant after this. Okay. So, after the search, uh, sorry, so the forensic team... Then searched the lake and the shore, and they found among the wood chips an envelope addressed to Hella. They found over 2,000 hairs, blue fibers, gray metal, bone fragments, and a painted fingernail. This is over at the lake? Yeah. Okay. A diver found pieces of a chainsaw with the serial number scratched off. Using a chemical solution, they were able to reveal the serial number and found out that it matched the warranty card for the one that was rented by Richard Crafts. He
1: got a warranty for it?
0: Uh-huh. He
1: bought it on his credit card. He, I thought he bought it on her credit card.
0: Uh, No, his credit card.
1: And he got a warranty on it.
0: hmm Bro. So, 2,660 hairs. Strands of blonde hair. 69 slivers of human bone. My goodness. Five droplets of human blood. Two teeth, a truncated piece of human skull, three ounces of human tissue, a portion of a human finger, one fingernail, and one portion of a toenail.
1: And this was, like, all in the river or yeah, beyond the river? The river and the shore. So what made him think that it would not, like, people wouldn't find it on the shore then? Like, bro.
0: Well, I'll kind of get to that. Okay. So... The probable scenario that the police kind of put together was that Hella came home, gave the nanny the night off, put the kids to bed. She then put on a blue nightshirt, thus the blue fibers. Mm-hmm. Looked through the mail, thus the piece of mail. Mm-hmm. Changed the sheets. Um, they argued. Her and Richard uh, assumed that she was bludgeoned at the foot of her bed during the early morning hours. Mm-hmm. Richard hit Hella in the head. She fell by the mattress to the floor. Using, uh, he hit her with a police flashlight, wrapped her in the bed covers, carried her to the garage, placed her body in the freezer. He then tried to clean up the blood with towels. The nanny comes home, goes to bed in, in the morning. He takes the kids to the sister's house, returns, rents the wood chipper, and a U-Haul using his credit card. And then that night takes the frozen body to the river at 3 a.m., dismembers it, and puts it through a wood chipper. He's insane. Yeah, that's that's their thought process. Okay. So before Richard could be arrested, they had to determine that Hella was dead rather than just missing. Yeah. So they after needed to a a it dental, together. Yeah. So after a dental confirmation, um the Connecticut State Medical Examiner's Office accepted this evidence and issued a death certificate for her. So on January 11th, an arrest warrant is issued for Richard Crafts, and that same night, at about 9, a.m., 9 p.m., see, I'm doing it, <laughs> that night at 9 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> that night at 9 p.m., a dozen Connecticut state troopers and detectives surrounded his house. His children were still inside the house asleep. They called the craft, so this, this scenario is so insane to me. It's, it's bananas to me of how, uh, let me just explain to you. Sorry. Okay. So they're going to arrest him. They call him and tell him to come outside and surrender. They don't go in. They don't knock on the door. They call him and say, um, good evening, Richard Crafts. Uh, would, we're here to arrest you. Would you please come outside and surrender yourself? Bruh. Um. craft says i'm tired quote this quote i'm tired i'll take care of it in the morning what (laughs) What? when the police insisted he surrender immediately they're all outside already waiting for him when the police insisted he surrender immediately he became angry and said don't call me back and hung up yo you do realize so they're calls-
1: outside, bro. you go going to tell them, I'm going to
0: sleep now. I'm tired. So calls go back and forth until he agrees to come outside. He agrees to come out. Why yeah, can't 12, they just go in? There's They're literally 1230- surrounding the house. I don't want to say it, but I know we're thinking it. <laughs> so at 1230 a.m., Crafts told the cops over the phone, I'll be out in five minutes. A short time later, he comes out and surrenders himself to the police. I'm sorry, what now? Excuse me? The police call him to... Like, okay, don't get me wrong. I know the kids are inside. But that cannot be standard police protocol for an arrest in the middle of the night. You think it's because he was also a police officer? But he's a part-time cop. And he threw his wife through a freaking wood he was chipper. probably one of their buddies. This is disgusting. Incredibly disgusting. Like, but you this, know. This, the whole scenario of calls going, going back and forth. Maybe. Of a call happening in the first place. What? Why didn't you just arrest him when he was at work? Where is this happening again? If you again? don't want the kids involved. Where is this involved? happening again? Connecticut. Maybe people in Connecticut are just that nice. <laughs> I don't know. But this, this this whole scenario appalls me. That's insane because I feel like if it was a different country, it'd be different, but it's America, like, bro. Not even a different country. If this was a different family, it would be different true. in America. That's true. Um, so due to extensive publicity, the trial had to be moved to a different um, district in Connecticut um, the trial began in 1988, in May 1988, and on Ju- July 15th, <laughs> 1988, a mistrial was declared after the jury became deadlocked 11 to 1 in favor of a conviction because one jury, one juror walked out on the deliberations after refusing to vote to convict. What? Um, he was then retried in another- Why would he another- not convict him? The juror would refuse. Why? He said he would not convict the guy. He didn't believe he did it. How could you not? Who else could have done I don't know. it, bro? I don't know. It's probably a man. Yeah. Or maybe a woman. No. Those aren't the only two options. Maybe it was twins or an alien. Maybe paid? Maybe. I mean, probably not paid. Probably just some sympathetic person who... um i don't know but anyways so he gets retried again due to the massive publicity um and the and the retr and the um mistrial mm-hmm. so he gets found guilty finally november 21st 1989 three years and two days after hella was last seen alive in january 1990 richard crafts was sentenced to serve 50 years in state prison He was released from prison to a halfway house in January 2020. Um. Apparently, the laws, which were in effect at the time, allowed a prisoner to serve significantly less time on their sentence, provided that the prisoner exhibited good behavior while incarcerated. So, his maximum release date was August 1st, 2020. So, this man's is out and about that's maybe not about but he's out because he's old now huh yeah at first i thought maybe it was covid but he was released in january 2020 so that was before the um quarantine mm. but yeah that
1: so it sucks
0: in, in popular culture um the 1989 film woodchipper massacre about uh, children killing their aunt, freezing, dismembering her, and throwing her in a wood chipper. Um has similar themes to this crime. It inspired Joel and Ethan Cohen to write the nineteen ninety six Academy Award winning film Fargo. Have you seen Fargo? I heard
1: of Fargo but I never watched it.
0: It's it's pretty good. I'm not sure if you'll like it though. Mm. Um it's the pilot episode for Forensic Files that came out in nineteen ninety six. Um in 1997, new detectives outlined the events in an episode titled Body of Evidence. In 1998, the case was featured on history television series Crime Stories. And in July 2012, Investigation Discovery revisited the investigation in their Blood, Lies, and Alibis episode entitled Woodchipper Killer, um, focusing on the forensic analysis so, obviously, this crime is super similar to the events that happened in the Bones episode. You have bone fragments. You have a wood chipper. You got a freezer. A freezer. You've got a lake of a body of the fragments being found, you know, um, towards water. You've got the freezer, you know. Yeah, that's... Um, you've got family. You've got the fingernail. I'm in. I'm in. Like, that's terrible.
1: There are people Horrible. who are like spending more time
0: in prison for more or less, and he got out this, because he was well. Good. It's disgusting. It's disgusting from the beginning because one, she told people, "Hey, if I go missing, my husband did it." So before the grave. She was putting it out there. The cops did diddly squat in the beginning. Yeah. It took two weeks for the private investigator, not even a family member, to file a missing persons report. None of the family even cared enough to do it. And then the cops weren't even interested enough until they found the scrap piece of carpet.
1: You know what's crazy to me is also how much like people are making movies and documenting it and it's like almost like hollywood all over it when it's like
0: this is a this is yeah. terrible this is tragic and then and then even worse upon worse so they figure out that it's him and then when they go to arrest the bastard they give him a warning phone call they keep calling multiple phone calls they just, to allow him to come out and surrender
1: they just keep calling him being like hey bro we need you to come out man We're not leaving till you come out. Like, huh?
0: Disgusting.
1: That's wrong. Come on now. Like, disgusting. That poor woman. She. Well, the
0: poor woman, her poor family, her poor
1: kids. Did you ever get anything on, like, the kids? On anything
0: they've commented or anything? No, no. And I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to either. Yeah. That's just Like, unless they're out there being, like, victim advocates or something, I wouldn't really want to delve into the kids because could you imagine growing up and that's your life that's your dad you know i wouldn't want to be associated with it whatsoever i would want to forget about it but then again there are some people who are different and they want to you know change the world based on their experience yeah but still that's just it just doesn't it just doesn't
1: feel like there was true justice absolutely not i
0: mean she deserved more. So much more. The The nice thing is that they actually found her and she just didn't stay a missing person. Which is good. You know? It didn't become an unsolved case. It's just, you know. But how they treated it, like, okay, yes, good on you that you guys did the actual search of the house. Good on you that you actually arrested this guy. But the top of the investigation and the arrest... um just totally rubs me the wrong way it was just so much more and that upsets could have been done. me yeah yeah it's just and and she's not even the typical victim that gets looked over you know the typical victim that gets looked over is someone who is like a lower income minority um maybe even someone who's involved in sex work those are the type of people who their cases are so often bungled and overlooked But this lady, she is the quote-unquote ideal victim. She's blonde, beautiful, middle class, mother of three, upstanding person, and still nobody gave a crap because the husband said she was out, let alone the fact that he gave three different reasons for her being gone and he was a suspect before she even went missing.
1: No one did squat for her.
0: Yeah. So it's really that's so disgusting. Sad. That's incredibly sad. Which makes me irritated because you can clearly see this episode was inspired a lot by the events of this crime. But you see how it wasn't there even There are too many details. There
1: are a lot of details. So it's just
0: But yet, I just felt like with this as your source material, you made it a side story. You could have done so much more. Really could have done so much more. Like it was it was
1: still kinda of their main story, but it still was a side story. They could have did more
0: of a focus. Kind of like what they do with the man on mm-hmm. the wall. But the thing for me is that okay, they focused on it, but they never solved the murder
1: for of the
0: of the missing dad or whatever. No. Yeah.
1: No, they didn't solve that
0: either, yeah. You know, so like the we you spent But they solved in that episode the, Well they figured
1: out who was the one in the woodchipper, so at least they got that.
0: Yeah, so here's my thing. You spent ninety percent of that episode focusing on the murder of Max Kane. You spent five percent of the episode on the Chinese diplomats and the missing woman and five percent of the episode on the woodchipper murder. Yes. But ninety percent of the episode Talking to stupid Jesse Kane about the disappearance of his father, which never gets solved in this episode, which never ever gets solved ever. Yeah, because you never hear of it again. So I just feel like with this source material, it should have been its own episode, and especially with what kind of case, more attention is that, to it. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's sad. they
0: really missed an opportunity. That's really sad. Yes. So, uh, that is the murder of Hella Crafts.
1: That's so sad. Yep. Incredibly depressing. But, but freaking crazy. Come on, guys, be better. Like, if someone's (laughs) telling you, your loved one is telling you, hey, if I go missing, you know who did it, and you don't do shit? Come on now. You don't care seriously to report your
0: loved one, like. Or how about the nanny? Like seriously, she lived there. She saw the carpet. You think the nanny she was afraid? Report?
1: You think the nanny was afraid too? Maybe. Maybe she didn't want to get involved. Maybe. You never know. Yeah. Ugh. But come That's on, true. Like she literally told people. Like she literally laid it out. Like. I'm in danger, you know. Something yep. could happen. Like, have my back, and no one had her back. To the end. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just so sad. The end. Horrendous. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Poor girl. I hope she's I resting know. peacefully, because that's sad.
0: Rest in peace, Helicrafts. And remember... That she was a very intelligent, beautiful woman, a loving mother, and a good friend. Who knew how to do um, a lot of languages. Yes, who was incredibly, incredibly intelligent. And of course, as always, we will post a photo of her on our social media when we post this episode. Um, And uh, hopefully when we get back to posting our videos, we'll have much more content for you to see of... ...of her and, and different stuff. And again, this is a Forensic Files episode... ...if you want to watch that. Um, I will, as always, post our... Um, Links. Sources, sources. ...in the episode description... ...if you guys would like to do some further reading. Um, and then let us know what you guys thought about this episode... ...what you thought about... Um, ...the murder of Helicrafts... ...its connection to the Bones episode... Yeah. Um, any other thoughts you guys have, we'd love to hear it love show. talk to you guys. So yeah. we'll be back next week with episode Two Bodies in the Lab. <laughs> episode 15, which is um, a good episode, mm-hmm. I must say. Yeah. So we're excited. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. Catch you guys next week.
0: Yep. Ladies. Have a wonderful evening and weekend and morning. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Next week on the Heart and the Bones. Same. Besides uh, the Gravedigger one, the swing. Yeah. specifically the swing. in that scene, where they're about to kiss when he stops her swing. Yeah. And then he like walks up closer to her. Oh my God. Too t-